Hello, brewery fanatics, and welcome back for another episode of Brewery Travels. I'm your host, Joel Geyer, otherwise known as Brewery Travels on social media. And today is going to be a little bit different. Not going to be necessarily focusing on a specific city's craft beer scene. I'm just going to be having an awesome conversation with one of the two men who have really been kind of the, the driving force behind getting brewery travels to where it is and having a really nice product for you all to enjoy. Uh, he is one of the two co-hosts for the Soda Pod, uh, who is kind of I'm under that umbrella. He goes by Hoppy on on that podcast, but uh, why don't you go ahead and kind of tell the folks a little bit about yourself so that we can we can get to chatting. Matt, well, thank you. And first, make no mistake, people, we have nothing to do with the success of what Brewery Travels is. We help him get a podcast out every week, and that's about it. He pretty much does all the work, though, and it's it's really cool, man, to see kind of how you've taken the idea and run with it. It's it's always interesting each week to kind of tune in, and I'm always kind of, oh, it's weird. I'm kind of learning something new every week. Well, that that's that's one of the big goals is that you know I'm also feel like I'm learning something new each week, and it's fun because almost all of the cities at this point have been places I've gone to. You know, talked about some of the brews I've been to. But I'm going back and I'm able to get more knowledge about these places, especially in terms of, you know, we talk about the history and the beer laws and just some of the other facts about the breweries as well. You know, it's not all old stuff, I guess you could say, you know, it's, you know, just learning about the community there, what it's like and having some awesome guests, you know, very knowledgeable people that have been a joy to talk to. And I've got some other awesome interviews already lined up. Uh, coming up here uh, start of the new year and just kind of figured we were going to cap off 2021 not the first full year of course because we just started this fall but the first you know kind of spell of the brewery travels podcast just kind of talking some more learning more maybe a little about me a little bit about soda pot all that kind of good stuff and i see you're already taking some sips some beer uh what do you got going on over there yeah just like you we uh it's just kind of an expectation that we're we're drinking when we're doing our recordings so <laughs> Uh, just for you, Joel, because you saw that I was gifted enough barrel-aged beer to kill a couple of elephants and uh, had to go <laughs> with one of uh, one of your favorites here, Central Absolutely. Waters. We got the Cassian Sunset. Um, it's interesting because you never know what to expect coming into these, especially when I know these have all been on the shelf for quite some time. Mm -hmm. It's actually a lot more like mellow and relaxed than I expected from, you know, a stout that's aged in bourbon barrels. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's I don't know, but I like it. That's really all I care about. But it's usually <laughs> with these are like a way bigger punch. And like this is like 50 50. My wife could maybe drink it. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the Central Waters is obviously, for the, for those of you that may not be 100% familiar with them, Central Waters is a great brewery that has a, you know, a long-standing history in central Wisconsin. Uh, they are they are best known for their barrel aging program. In fact, they have, they were actually my 500th brewery and my 100th in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, and when I went up there, they gave me a little personal tour. And they have essentially what seems to be almost an airplane hangar that is just full of barrels. It's insane. Because uh, they just really know how to crank that stuff out. Uh, and they actually also just opened another brewery on uh, the old Paps uh, building in Milwaukee, which is an excellent addition to when I'm back home uh, to the local craft beer scene there. And they've been, you know, I'm not sure exactly what they're all going to be cranking out of there, but I know they're doing some other smaller batch things. And it's a beautiful taproom space. So I'm really looking forward to checking that out uh, when I'm back home. Uh, but yeah, no, they they definitely know their way around. Uh, 
around a barrel. That's for sure. Oh man. And at anyone that's listening to this on the soda pod too, cause we're going to be posting the episode on our feed. Uh, you know, judge Joey, who, uh, comes on and talks plenty of beer and hockey with us. He's obsessed with central waters. We go out and we do a snowmobile trip every year out in UP Michigan and everywhere that we see central waters on tap. It's like, yep, I'll have that. I'll have that. And it's usually like a 13% beer. So it's like, that's all we can drink. <laughs> Otherwise we're not going to be able to drive the snowmobiles anymore. That'll, but... that'll warm me up for the, for the <laughs> snowmobile ride back. <laughs> oh yeah. That, that puts hair on the chest for sure. But yeah. uh, oh, it's, it's good. What, what are you drinking tonight? I'm actually not drinking anything right now, and I know it's kind of breaking a rule, but right. after I spent the last two nights doing pretty extensive brewery hopping in Charlotte, I'm hitting up more breweries tomorrow uh, on a little trip down to Bryson City, North Carolina. So just taking a night off because, you know, all about moderation. I don't, we don't maybe talk about that on the podcast when we're just constantly talking <laughs> about drinking, but it's good Correct. to, you know, kind of balance things out a little bit. And I'm blessed to be able to travel to so many cities and, like I said, I was going to a whole lot of really great breweries in Charlotte, uh, ones I haven't even actually posted about yet on social media, but they will be coming down the line, including one that is going to be uh, a nominee for my best small brewery in my annual review, which will be uh, coming out here this weekend. Oh, well, hang on. Before we get into that, then, Joel, let's pause real quick. because. Yeah. You got a, a bit of a hodgepodge of people that have come your way, right? You've got soda pod listeners that we've pushed your way. You've got yep. what now? Is it 12 different or 16, 17 different like regional followers that may or may not have stuck around after they came in for the experts you brought in? Like, why don't you just give everyone a little background on what the heck a brewery travels is and really yeah. how you even got to, to where you are outside of the podcast realm? Yeah. Well, so. I know I, if you go all the way back to the very first, I did like a little, I don't even remember how long it was. I think it was less than 10 minutes or it was right, right around 10 minutes, a little intro thing um, prior to the first official episode uh, of the podcast back in September. Uh, but essentially my background with beers, I've always been interested in, in craft beer uh, in college. My leading up to that, my dad always had Sierra Nevada pale ale and Liney's creamy dark in his beer fridge. And, in college, I was always the one that when we would go buy beer for the weekend, I would buy a pick six or a variety pack while, you know, most other people would just try to buy whatever was cheapest for a 30 rack. Uh, but it allowed me to try a lot of different things. And my wife and I got married right out of college, moved to Oregon. Pretty good place to get into craft beer. Um, I tried a whole lot of beer. And I dabbled. I went to a few breweries in Eugene where we were living. Uh, and then when we moved back to Milwaukee, Started going to a few more breweries and I kind of, I'm a person that really likes to collect things. I like, I'm a, I'm a collector of sorts uh, with the brewery stuff. I collect stickers and I collect uh, coasters, shirts, all that kind of good stuff. But with the breweries, I was just kind of like, well, you know, each one's kind of different. It's kind of neat and I'll kind of keep track of that and started doing it on a little spreadsheet. And that was around maybe two dozen or so, two or three dozen and around it was brewery 56 is when I started taking notes. I think it was around that same time too, that I was, it was shortly before that I had started the Twitter account, brewery travels, Twitter account, where I was just literally posting, here's the brewery I went to, here's the beer I liked the most. And then some pictures of the beer in the brewery, basically, um, you know, started from the very bottom, just didn't do anything. I wasn't paying for, you know, promotions. I wasn't doing anything other than just basically tweeting out, meeting people, tweeting some more and just kind of grew it 
very organically. Um, and then my wife became a travel nurse and that was in 2017. And at that point, I think I'd been to like between like around 70 or 80 breweries, you know, all in pretty much the Midwest with a handful in Oregon. Um, and that really is what enabled me to kind of take this to the next level. Because during that next year, we lived in, in New England, up in New Hampshire. We lived in Nashville. We lived in San Diego. We traveled to all parts in between. Uh, and that really gave me the opportunity to go. Like I said, we were I was well under 100 brews when we started. And by the time we moved home uh, to have our daughter, I was well over 300 breweries. And so we continued to travel while we were at home uh you know doing as many weekend trips as we could still visiting family other parts of the country and we we had talked about doing the travel life again uh and i kind of thought about well you know we'll see and i'd also been writing for this other website for a little while too while we were traveling called zombie where i had just been writing little profiles on different breweries and that kind of business um and i had enjoyed that and i started the brewerytravels.com the website and that was Came out, uh, I think, about two or three weeks before the pandemic hit. So really great timing on my part. Um, but yeah, I just kind of took it and we, we had discussed possibly going back on the road. And because I had actually had people ask me about doing a podcast. I'd had people, you know, it'd, it'd be a cool idea to, you know, do something with what you're doing with the traveling. And I had always said, well, if we go back out on the road full time, then maybe I'll do it. And I didn't really think we were going to go back out on the road because we already had one kid and then we got pregnant and we're going to have our, had our second kid back in March. And we, the more we talked about it, the more we realized, no, like we can do this. We can, you know, raise two kids while traveling and it'll be a good experience for us as a family. And here we, here we go uh, this past summer. Uh, wife gets it, gets, goes back into the full-time travel nurse job force, I guess you could say. Uh, and we lived in Baltimore for three months, currently living in Asheville. And she actually just got a job. Uh, she got her doctorate, uh, graduated with her doctorate this past year and just got a job as a nurse practitioner working in telehealth, which is going to be fully remote, which is going to give able enable us to have even more freedom uh, to go where we want for different stints and see how that all goes. Uh, but yeah, so it's just something that I guess stuck with me in terms of why I've been doing it. Like each brewery is just so unique. That's what I always tell everybody. It's you know, they're like snowflake or a thumbprint, whatever, whatever comparison you want to say is, is that, you know, the beer they make is unique. If you go to three breweries and you drink their pale ales, they're all going to be different. The tap rooms are all going to be, you, you know, different from one another, the atmosphere, the people behind the bar, everything is just different. And so being able to kind of collect those experiences and those memories and then share them with people is really what brings me joy. And through this, I've been able to meet a lot of really awesome people all over the country. And that's where the idea for this podcast kind of came to fruition is that okay well we're gonna take like i know people in all these different cities it's like yeah i could sit here and i can talk about my experiences briefly visiting you know a handful of breweries in the city but that's not really going to help people what's going to help people is getting to learn and hear from people that live there that have experience and have you know been able to cover that beer scene in one way or another through an extended period of time and really have the knowledge and the passion to talk about it in a proper way so that people are able to learn uh, and yeah, like I said, I think we've, we've now done 17 different cities all over the country and going to continue to crank them out. You know, I've got lots of ideas, you know, there's plenty of big cities cause yeah, I mean, there's obviously episodes, you know, we did one in San Diego, Portland, Maine. I've got one on Portland, Oregon coming up soon, but we're also doing cities that are, you know, not as well known for beer, you know, Missoula, Montana, 
uh, Phoenix, Arizona, Atlanta, Georgia, places that people don't immediately gravitate to when they think craft beer. And these episodes are kind of in a way, hopefully helping people recognize that there really is great beer everywhere, no matter where you look now. And that if you're in somewhere, if you're going somewhere new, chances are you're going to be able to find some great local craft beer. So this is just kind of not necessarily a travel guide, just kind of part travel guide, part history lesson, part just learning more about the craft beer community in these individual cities. Uh, but yeah, that was kind of a long spiel. But, you know, once I get going, I, I love to talk about it because I could talk about, you know, my past experiences, why I love to do it and share the stories and the people behind it, all, all that good stuff. Yeah, but I mean, you hit a, a really good point there and something I noticed right away with the podcast you were rolling out for the first couple episodes. It's like you hit a lot of different niches there. Like there's some people that just want to hear the history. There's some people that are just like beer buffs and want to hear like what's different from city to city. There's yeah. other people. And like, honestly, this is probably more of the category that I hit. I'm someone that wants to know as soon as I go on a trip somewhere, like, okay, what do I need to know about the beer scene here? Cause I'm yeah. going to go explore it. But it, it goes a lot of different directions and that's, what's going to be fun for you too. As you continue to grow, this is like, you can go back and do a different episode on the oh, same yeah. city and it can be completely different. And you oh, talk yeah. about the big beer hotbeds. Think about the small ones. Like you and I have talked so many times about Duluth, Minnesota. Oh yeah. Not a big city, not a big city, <laughs> but that's a, that is an oasis of incredible uh -huh. craft beer. Uh, but it's, it's, kind of funny too man because i'm like the opposite of you like i'm the guy that you were like kind of taking jabs at when you were saying your background like i was absolutely the one that was trying to find the cheapest 30 <laughs> and there's nothing college, wrong with that drinking nothing myself that. stupid having fun and people took me to craft breweries and i thought it was blasphemy i thought it was just <laughs> like what what am i drinking here give me a bit golden and i actually said that a couple of times but my my gateway for anyone that's not familiar, Dangerous Man Brewing in mm, uh, Northeast mm -hmm. Minneapolis, we go out there and I, I legit like said that. I'm like, I drink McGolden. Like, what would you direct me towards? And they just like kind of gave me a look like, come on, man. And I look up at their menu and they have a peanut butter porter. And I'm like, wait, there's a beer with peanut butter in it? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, is it good? They're like, people tell us it is. <laughs> so I, I'm like, you know what? this is just messed up enough that maybe it'll work. Yeah. And to this day, that is my favorite beer. And I don't know if that'll ever change. And it's well, just been a slippery slope since that. I, I love, I love your story with that too, because for so many people, oftentimes a gateway beer is something, you know, like a Sierra Nevada pale ale, or, mm -hmm. you know, it's some kind, it's some kind of lager. It's not a, the, a, a person's gateway beer is jumping from a McGolden to a peanut butter porter. Like that's <laughs> yeah, not right. your, that's not your run of the mill everyday story for what got you into craft beer. So that <laughs> it just shows though, it shows that everybody's different. Everybody's palate is different. Everybody's experience and story is different and being able to share, share those. Cause that's one thing too. I ask people on the podcast is I kind of always try to lead them off with, okay, well, what got you into craft beer? How are you part of the beer community? giving them the chance to kind of dive into their background. I had, I had one person, if you, if folks listen to my, my, I believe it was the last episode for Louisville. One guy said Tinder's the reason for it because he matched with a girl who was, he was dating for a little while that I guess she was working in craft beer and that's what got him into, into it. And now he's actually the co-founder of the Louisville ale trail. So, that's you know, you, you never know 
what's going to be. Yeah, I told her, I said it on the, I said, I think it's the first time Tinder's ever been uh, mentioned on the, on the podcast. So, you know, there's the first time. Most people don't mention Tinder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Man, that's interesting. And I, it, that's, what's crazy though. Cause uh, my co-host Isha, who uh, is really the one that's working all the magic behind the scenes for us at the soda pod. He like, people will ask questions about beer while we're on episodes and he's like, Oh yeah. Hoppy will know. I'm like, Nah, I really don't like I don't know that much. <laughs> I just know like what makes a good beer what versus what makes a bad beer. And like it's kind of been fun growing into the craft beer scene where like again, I'm no expert on anything, but I've gotten pretty good at like people telling me like, "Hey, here's some beers I like." And I'll be like, "Oh, this is what you need to go hit," right? Like you yeah. just know what the palate is, you know what people like, and you kind of know how to ease people in versus like yeah, I'm going to smack you right now with a bourbon barrel aged imperial stout. Like, no, no, no. Here, have this barley wine. (laughs) So like, yeah, yeah. Here's a triple A, triple IPA. No, no, no. Have this pale ale. See how you like it. Have a couple of them. And if that's kind of your flavor, then we'll slowly ramp up to an IPA to a double kind of see where the palate takes you. But I don't know. It's, it's a, an interesting world. That's just continued to evolve like it's so crazy seeing how many craft breweries are still popping up out of the woodworks mm-hmm. when like we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic i know like, yeah it's, it's crazy well and, and that's why like like to your point that you said earlier if i go back in a year especially some of the bigger cities like chicago they're gonna have a whole new crop of breweries that people can talk about you know and that that's the crazy thing is that and it's part of the reason too, why I have people from the area that are more on top of the scene and that are just, you know, very smart. I have, you know, I have Cicerones, all these people that know a lot more than I do mm-hmm. about it. And that's what I said. I'm trying to learn with this podcast also, you know, that's, that's one of the other reasons that I'm doing it. It's just, it's fun for me to learn as, as I'm doing it as well. So tell me then, cause again, 17 episodes in, which is awesome. Yeah. Like what's the, I don't care which beer scene you like the most where the best beer is or who like your best guests were but like what's the one where you like came out of it and you're like holy shit i knew nothing about this beer scene and now i do oh that's a good question uh i think well it's it's maybe kind of a cheap answer because it's the one city so far that i've done an episode on that uh i haven't been to and that's detroit and so learning about kind of the history of Detroit beer, how they, how they view, I think, uh, Barb, when I asked her how Detroit fit into the puzzle of Michigan craft beer, she said, it's not a piece. It's the backing of the puzzle because Detroit has all this history with brewing and that it's kind of the foundation of what Michigan beer would eventually become, uh, which I thought was really interesting. Um, I would say a lot of the East coast stuff too. I had historians on from both Baltimore and Washington, DC. And so that was really interesting people that, you know, cause there's, you know, you can learn about the history of beer scenes. And I've had a lot of guests on that know the history, but having like a true beer historian that, you know, they've written all these books. Uh, it was the same thing with Louisville. He's written a book on Louisville beer, beer history. And so these people that have spent so much time learning about the past, uh, you know, for instance, uh, I think it was Mike, Mike Stein, was the one that told me I forget the name of the person that was selling beer barrels to George Washington. It's like mm-hmm. I never would have been something I would have guessed. Right. Um, but yeah, no, and it, it so it's just it really is in, in hearing people's opinions on their craft beer city because I think overall, obviously, I'm the same way with Milwaukee. You know, pe- people are always going to view their beer scene in the best possible light for the most part. 
But there's also been guests on like in Atlanta where they, they were very upfront about some of the issues that have kind of confronted the beer scene there. What have been yeah. some of the limiting factors, you know, what steps they may need to get to kind of push further, you know, in comparison to other cities in the Southeast. And I, and I told him that, I said, I really appreciate that. Cause you know, most of the time, most people don't want to say anything bad about their local craft beer scene. And, you know, to a certain, if you're just talking strictly beer, it's very easy to do that for most cities, right. but being able to go deeper into it, you know, because we, we have had some really good discussions about, you know, whether it's diversity, whether, you know, it's, the, you know, with racial, you know, discussions on race, discussions on uh, women, you know, when in the Kansas city ep- episode talking about uh, <coughs> all the issues at Boulevard. So it isn't, you know, I've tried to hit on some of these kind of more hard hitting, not so fun to discuss topics that I think have people need to be more aware of them. Because I remember I, I told this story when we were doing the Detroit episode was that it wasn't it was actually just a couple months ago. I was at a bar and I was talking to someone and they were talking about how Founders was their number one place that they was on their yeah. wish list. And I I told them I was like, well, you, you know, about, like you know, the, the, you know, the racial lawsuit, all that kind of stuff. And they, mm-hmm. they had no idea. Yeah. And after showing them the stories and everything, it was very clear that this was someone who genuinely just was not aware of it. And I oh, talked. There's about a that. lot of people that aren't yeah. aware, man, and well, that's that's the problem. <laughs> I mean, w- when you're looking at people that drink craft beer, I don't even want to sand number to ballpark the percentage of people that actually pay attention and are like in tune because what you see on beer Twitter or beer, you know, Instagram, whatever people that actually really are following the scene is a minute fraction of the number of people oh, that yeah, actually it's, will it's go the into the store. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the number of people, well, the people that actually go into the store and buy craft beer. And so yeah. a lot of people, I mean, obviously there are people who are aware of it and choose to either a ignore it or B, you know, as Barb put it, founder stock went up after this. So there were people that were making the conscious choice to buy them because of what happened, which, you know, I don't know if it's because of, I think it's just no press is bad press. Quote unquote. Yeah. People heard about founders, tried the beer. They're like, Oh, this is really good beer. And And I'm going to ignore the bad things. I, yeah. I I bet it's a pretty small percentage that said, Oh, you guys are scumbags. I want your beer. (laughs) Well, and there is just, it's a lot to keep track of too. Like if you're not like, either a working in the craft beer community or be a really complete nerd about it. You know, someone like me, it's a like, there's now closing in on what 10,000 breweries in the country. So trying to keep track of every sexual allegation, every racial discrimination suit for a casual drinker, they just aren't going to be on top of it everywhere. No, my argument would be like for the national brands, like when it happens at places like founders and Boulevard, and if it happens locally to a brewery that you frequent, trying to at least be semi-aware of it. But we talked about this too. Like, again, it, it may have been, it was a blip on the radar in terms of like national news. Like it wasn't something that was headlining CNN for a week, you know, or anything like that. So yeah, covering those topics is is part of not necessarily, I feel like a requirement for doing a podcast list, but I think it's important to have those discussions, bring these things to light again because even if it's just a couple people that are made aware of it, that's important because they used to always say, what was the saying? Like the craft beer, 99% asshole three free or whatever the case <laughs> was. And the last year and a half or so has really kind of shown more and more just how deep this runs and how yeah. big these issues are in craft beer. And that there are obviously people working on trying to make things better, 
but there's still a long way to go. And just having these discussions, I think, is part of it, you know, making people aware of it so that they can bring it up and that they can, you know, have that be part of their decision making when when they're going out and buying beer. Yeah, man, and it's it's tough, right? Because don't get me wrong, in no way am I someone that would consider myself plugged in on the beer yeah. scene. But like I probably know more than the casual brewery attendee, and it's dude. I so my good buddy Joey, who's actually part of the whole origin story with the whole state of hoppy mm-hmm. branding, uh, he lives out in Grand Teton because yep. he actually works for the national park. He does like research and stuff. It's it's a pretty sweet job. But so because of that, like I have gotten into some of the breweries out there and like one of his favorites and like I went to it and I loved it too is Melvin. And mm-hmm. like, I had to like hear like third hand after I had gone there several times that people are like, yeah, you know what happened there? Right. I'm like, Nope, I don't. <laughs> so yeah. it, it's just like, it's so easy for people to not know. Oh and, Yeah. You know, on, on the soda pod, like we got a pretty hard and fast rule. Like we don't ever shit on a brewery, right? Like I'm mm-hmm. not going to like come out and say this brewery is God awful. I went there, their beer's garbage. Like I'm not about that. Right. Everyone's got their own flavor. There's definitely places that I don't like at all, but then there's 20 other people that'll line up and tell you it's their favorite beer. So who am I to say different? Yeah. But we, we definitely are very, very unbiased and will talk about the problems that come up whether mm-hmm. it's the the unionizing efforts with yes. surly or mm-hmm. talking five six brewing with that whole catastrophe i like we'll talk about that stuff we have no yeah. problem shining light on the problems but like we're never going to be the ones that just like subjectively say negative things right i'm the 100 percent the same way if, if people follow my my accounts and everything in my posts is that i don't ever openly bash a brewery uh in terms of beer because like you said that there i can the the number of breweries that i've been to where i can definitively say okay there's just off flavors throughout the tap line um it's very very small and so for the most part i will obviously praise a brewery that i think is phenomenal you know i will people are very if you read my post you will you will very much know if a brewery is one of my top picks Yep. <laughs> but if I, if I don't if I don't write anything super positive, it doesn't mean that I didn't like them. I may very well right. have liked them a lot. But if I didn't care for them, I'm not. I'm just going to write my thing and and move on. And if someone messages me and asking for recommendations, places to go to, places to avoid, I, I am open and honest about my opinions. Then, but yeah, that's like you said, it's I, I never view myself as the be all end all for for these brewery scenes, especially because right. in most places, you know, sometimes you go to a brewery and they've got sixteen or twenty taps. Even if you get a mm-hmm. flight, that's still only a small percentage of the beers that they're offering. And right. I generally try to ask the people, okay, well, what are you guys best known for? So that yeah. way I can kind of get their best shot. Um, but even so, you know, there's still a lot of beers I'm not trying. I'm just kind of try the beers that I can base my review yeah. off of, off of that and, and then move on to the next one. But that is the one downside to doing what I do is, is that you don't get to fully delve into the breweries, you know, outside of obviously my home in Milwaukee where I've been to a lot of the breweries, you know, several times, but outside of that, I go to these places and I'm probably, and a lot of them I'm never going back to. Yeah. That is tougher. So yeah, exactly. For me, it's, it's the opposite, right? Like I, you've got what you're almost hitting eight fifty for the brewery count. I'm closer to one fifty, like all in across States, but Minnesota, 
I just hit my 100th over like Thanksgiving this year. That's right. Uh, also, also milestone kind of like you, I, anyone who follows me knows I'm obsessed with junkyard, great yes. beers, great branding, cool tap room. It, it checks all the boxes, but like, I would say more than half of the Minnesota breweries I've been to several times. Right. Yeah. Like, if I'm giving an opinion on one of those brews, I'm either like saying it with confidence or I'm saying like, Hey, I've only been there once and it was two years ago. So like you go tell me if it's good or not, but yeah, like dude, you and I are both absolute experts on beer. We like, right? Like I know yeah. what I like and what I don't, I don't know shit about what anyone else does or doesn't like until you tell me. So like yeah. everyone make your own opinions, but it's, it's one of those things where it's, environment atmosphere and beer and the people working there like it's the whole experience that can make such a difference and they're all just so so different and that's that's what's fun right it's going out and seeing like how does someone else view the beer world like this is someone who came in and said this is a brewery that i need to make and it's just like it's just a very weird thing to process like holy shit someone like threw down all the money to make this space, make it look exactly how it does make all these styles of beer. This, this was someone's vision. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and we talked earlier about how beer scene, like overall beer scenes change within a city. Breweries change too, a lot. Oh man. You know, the one, one in Milwaukee, people may have heard us talking about in the Milwaukee episode, Eagle park has changed so much since they first opened. And so breweries like mm-hmm. that, and you were also talking about beers we like and beers we don't like. It is funny. I often get asked, you know, my favorite styles and, the only so I dr- I drink and enjoy basically everything at this point. I okay. the the only style that I don't like I think surprises some people. The only style that I don't really drink is barrel aged stouts, and especially if they're up uh, above I I well and just in general I don't really drink beers that are in the double digit ABV like sure. triple IPs. Like I occasionally will, but. And part of that is because what I do, like hitting up several breweries in a night, sure. watching my alcohol consumption with my diabetes. Yeah. If I go and I drink a triple IPA and and if I have a flight with a triple IPA, a barrel aged stout, a barley, you know, like it, it'll catch up with me a lot quicker. Sure. Um, but yeah, barrel aged stouts is just the one style that I have occasionally every now in a grand while found a couple that I like, but just never been my cup of tea. I love everything else. Uh, I think what I drink the most when I'm at home is actually like, you know, Hell's Lagers, Pilsners, light beers. Because when I'm out and about, you know, I'm getting a flight that generally, you know, runs the gauntlet on styles. And so I think after going to several breweries at different nights and, you know, having tons and tons of variety of beers from fruited sours and hazy IPAs and all this kind of Belgians, just nice to sit down with a nice clean lager. I'll tell you what. Um, but yeah, no, that, that's the one thing that just, which is why I I did try them at central waters and I could tell they were well-made, but it's just never been something. Yeah. Right there. It's funny you say that because since you're not drinking a beer, you made me crack a second one so that we're, we're, we're on even for the tab of the podcast. (laughs) So now I'm having just standard bourbon barrel stout from central waters. And I mean, I get it. I totally understand, especially, I mean health reasons right where you're coming from there's a lot of people that don't want the like strong beers like they as soon as they see that it's like above seven or eight percent they're like yeah yeah i'm not touching that and i'm actually the opposite and i think it probably tells you that 
maybe I am more of like a bourbon guy than I am a, a beer yeah. guy because like I I want to like taste that like not like mm-hmm. oh just straight booze and oh I'm an alcoholic or something it's just like I like the taste and I like like the stronger it is like the more like character and like notes you can pick up out of it right there's just like a lot more substance to it and I enjoy that personally but to your point you can only have so much of it if you want to be uh standing up right so yeah well I mean and, and barrel aging beer has obviously been a thing with craft beer for quite a while and for those that want to go back uh, just episode 16 with Chicago, we talked pretty in depth with it, you know, cause I had on Josh Noel who actually wrote the book on goose Island, who Dang. is arguably kind of one of the forefathers when it comes to barrel aging beer And Chicago is where they have uh Fobab festival of barrel aging beer or whatever it's, it's called. I don't think I did the abbreviation, right, but whatever. <laughs> um, and how it's become a lot more common with small breweries, but that, you know, it's still something that these big breweries, you know, places like it's not the same anymore with Goose Island, obviously, but places that you think of like Toplin Goliath is, is, is one example of, Oh, don't get me going, man. Yeah. Well, it's one of those breweries that like has this cult following that they charge obscene amounts of money for their beer and people get into these raffles stand in long lines, you know, it reminds, you know, there's other, there's East coast type breweries too, where people, you know, like, Trillium Treehouse where people get into these long lines to wait for right. beer and bear, you know, it's, it's not just barrel aging stouts. Don't get me wrong. People get in line for fruited sours and they're the latest double dry hop, double IPA, but barrel aging stouts is often, you know, very common. The anniversary of a brew celebrating a fourth mm-hmm. or fifth anniversary. Chances are one of the anniversary beers is something barrel aged. Yeah. Like that's just what it is. So it is, it's a style that, is very much just ingrained within craft beer. You know, it's so it, it's interesting to me. Like I, I still would like to kind of maybe develop a little bit more of a taste for it just so that I could have a better grasp on it. Cause I've sure. been to plenty of breweries where, yeah, they're known for other stuff too, but like a place like central waters where, yeah, they got a lot of good year rounds, but their barrel program is world renowned. It's like, that's where you go. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Like I said, I'll occasionally try one now and again and just never, never quite been my, my personal cup of tea. Yeah, I, I get it, though, and it's good to like know. You. But yeah. it's good to know, right? Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state or province yet, you can still get in on all the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back to the point on giving recommendations, like one of my favorite breweries, like, really good friends with the ownership group and like just a cool taproom environment. And I love all their beers. 
back channel. I know you've heard me talk mm. about them plenty, Joel. The bowl like, people they're... on Instagram, they're the ones that have the bowls. Oh, the bowls, baby. Oh, I wish <laughs> I had my bowl within uh reach right now. But yes, they like they are though kind of the the anti-Joel. Like a lot of what they do is like a double IPA that's gonna be anywhere from like eight and a half to ten and a half, or they're doing imperial stouts that are like between nine and eleven. And like, that's kind of right on the fringe of like, obviously you avoiding just like for health reasons, but like, I love, 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 love all of the IPAs and stouts they do. I can totally understand where there's some people that might not go that way, but till the end of time, I'll still sing their praises and tell everyone to at least give them a chance. Cause they do have good lighter beers, more basic beers. It's just, that's not their thing. That's not what they push and promote and they know yeah. what they're about and you know, everyone's kind of got that that separate thing. Well, and like with, with the with the double IPAs and the Imperial, I do actually, I've I've enjoyed a lot of Imperial Stouts. Like yeah. I said, I just typically, like you mentioned, the ones that are maybe more in the eight to nine range for, mm-hmm. you know, you know, especially if they've got, you know, maple or peanut butter or, oh, you know, something along those lines. Don't you dare. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know you and I are both big. I know you mentioned the peanut butter uh, from from Dangerous Man, but you and I have both talked at length before. I know about uh, our love for for peanut butter and beers. I know I had one. I've had a couple from out in San Diego. Uh, Bear Roots is one, and then uh, one of my go tos for a long time because I could get it back home in Milwaukee was the peanut butter milk stout from Belching Beaver out there, which I know. Yeah, that's that, a lot that of folks one's know. A, yeah, that's um, known. Yeah, so that, that that's another good one that I think is is quite popular. Yeah, and going back quick t- as well to uh, you know talking about the top and glass of the world, right? Again, yeah. big supporter. I love their beer, but there's a lot of people who just like won't have anything to do with them just because of how they monetize, right? Like, yeah, they do totally take advantage of their cult following and how much people want their beer, whether it's wanting it or just the branding that they have like they they kill it and i'm personally of the you know stance like it sucks right when you can't afford like whether it's the new you know the breakfast out release or like a piece of glassware they release that's absurdly priced it sucks and like it bums me out but the end of the day that's capitalism like yeah good on them to go and make the money if everyone's willing to pay for it and it's sold out instantly like what do, do you have a problem with people doing that or where do you, I don't stand have on a, that? I don't have a, I mean, I, I kind of avoid them for other, so if you look them up, if you Google like a toppling Goliath, non-compete, um, they sued one of their former head brewers who tried to go and open up his own brewery in Cedar Rapids, this non compete like they, there's some other business practices that they have employed that I think are more unsavory than than the than the charging obscene amounts of money for their beer and sure for and I'm me, not using them as an example joel like yeah in general though the obscene charging like that's something that happens a lot in craft I, beer how do you feel about that topic? i guess i, I, I wasn't trying really to make care. it a toppling goliath debate. yeah 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 i guess i just don't care because there's good i i'm not gonna buy it because there's really good beer being made everywhere else so if yeah. other people are gonna go throw their money at that i guess that's fine yeah. um I, it would be different maybe if, for instance, I was from Decorah, if we're using with the Toppling Goliath, sure. and I was there from the beginning, and I, you know, love their beer, watched them grow, and now I can't afford half their stuff because yeah, – then, then it's not even half their door. stuff. Just go next it's door. It's not even right? half their stuff, I guess, though, because all of their normal stuff you can get at good prices because it's so widely distributed and being made in larger right. amounts now. Um, 
but if you were really into, you know, like if you're someone who's really into the stouts, uh, yeah. that would be the one instance where I could maybe understand. But in, in reality, at this point, if someone's going to try to charge me $100 for a bottle of beer, I'm just going to go buy just as good or better beer from somewhere else, most likely at this point. There's enough options yeah. out there that for me, it's it's not going to sour my day at all. I just kind of look at it as it's the same thing. I'm not one that's going to stand in long lines either for beer. I get why people do it, and oh, yeah, there may sure. be times where it's worth it. But for me, there's really good beer that I love at my local liquor store where I can just go pick it up and take it home with me and go and drink it and not have to stand outside in the cold. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it is what it is. I think it's one yeah. thing that's been interesting to watch develop uh, within the craft beer scene. But, yeah, doesn't it doesn't really affect me, I guess, is, is my conclusion because I'm just going to yeah. go drink other beer. No, and I'm, I'm with you largely. Like, I'm not going to spend obscene prices on beer. There's been a couple of occasions where I've stood in a long line. Uh, shout out back channel. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I'm with you, right? Like, I'm not going to put in that effort. But if it's something I know I want, I know I need, like, yeah, I'll make exceptions. But the money piece, like, I'll spend a little more for a beer I want. No problem. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to spend 100 bucks on a beer. It's just not going to happen. No, no. Um, that sure. you can buy I, I won't even I won't even spend that on a good beer. bottle of bourbon. Like I'm yeah. I'm somewhere in the like fifty to eighty range. Like if you can get me the bottle I want for that, we're good. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it 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 you can go and buy a lot of really good beer for a hundred dollars rather right. than just spending it on one bottle. So that's my personal you know take on it. Nope, totally agree. And yeah, it's man. It's just crazy to look back on like the last two years over COVID and still see how all these breweries have adapted. Yeah. Like we like, so on our podcast on the soda pod, like any episode you listen to, it's a mixed bag. You're either going to get 10% beer and 90% hockey, 90% beer, 10% hockey or anywhere in between. But we've brought on a lot of the Minnesota breweries. Like mm-hmm. we get anyone from someone that's just a beer tender all the way up through head brewer, marketing, ownership, like whoever. And man, the stories they tell about just the battle they're going through with COVID, it's crazy that we haven't seen more perish, right? Like, yeah, there's, there's been some that have shut down and it really sucks, man. But I'm shocked at how many are like standing strong and pushing through all of this. Yeah, that's been a topic we've discussed in a couple episodes. I remember going back to episode seven, uh, for those of you that are that are trying to follow along with uh, Portland, Maine. Uh, my two guests on there, uh, Carla, Carla Lautner, uh, she is a beer writer there, and she actually covered early on in the pandemic, she had a whole big Twitter thread that she was tracking all of the ways that breweries were adapting, you know, within the pandemic. And then uh, my other, you know, Don Littlefield was the other guest, and he actually was the general manager of the brew bus, like the touring brew bus there, talking about the way that they had to adapt. And in general, you know, it's also been a common thing talking with people that overall, obviously, COVID has been terrible, you know, in terms of breweries having to like what they've had to go through. In certain instances, though, in, in in some of the states, it's actually helped benefit in terms of legislation with the way laws changed because uh, in some states, you know, beer to go became legal, you know, beer, deli- beer delivery, people were actually getting beer delivered to them. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was certain instances where like uh, beer had been capped. Like there was, there was a limiting amount of beer that you could, you know, oh, make or dude. purchase, whatever the case may be. And those laws yeah. were sometimes changed in different states. Uh, so, not in Minnesota. Minnesota. No, not Minnesota. Still, 
yeah. just as antiquated as ever, and they're a bunch of donkeys. I, I hate still Minnesota can't, it lawmakers. Still boggles my mind because you know Minnesota is overall you know a fairly blue state, and that they have a an amazing craft beer scene. Because obviously, we already mentioned Duluth is great. The Twin Cities is one of the, that was actually episode two was talking about Minneapolis, and I mean the Twin Cities yeah. is one of the better craft beer scenes, certainly in the Midwest. Oh man, I know, can't wait until you ones. do the St. Paul episode because. Yeah. Like there's some that people worship in Minnesota and they're like not even in my top four yeah. in St. Paul because St. Well, Paul just crushes beer. And even down in like Rochester, you know, you've yeah. got you've got really great beer down there too. So I mean Minnesota as a whole, and you mentioned junkyard way out on, on the western side. So I mean Minnesota really does have a great beer scene, and it's it's surprising to me that there hasn't been more done to help with the law side of things, because you have had, we talked about that in the Minneapolis episode, there's been several breweries that have actually went and built their next breweries, like their second locations in Wisconsin, uh-huh. because yep. it, indeed bringing Milwaukee, um, lift bridge built across in Hudson. Like there yeah, are breweries Lu- that Lu- are Lu- out in Sioux Falls. Yep. Yep. So and that over in South Dakota. So, I mean, there's breweries that would have a lot more business, have additional tap rooms and brewing facilities that are going out of the state because of the laws and the well, way that the state and then, handled it. And then there's the bullshit laws around food, right? Where like, oh, mm-hmm. well, you got to be a brew pub, but if you do that, you can't distribute. And it's like, why? Why are you making this so goddamn difficult? It's all arbitrary. Like, yeah. It's so dumb. Well, it the is. thing is, man, like, uh, so there, I've, I've had conversations with, uh, we'll just say there was a couple where one, the, the husband was the owner of a brewery and the wife worked for a big beer distributor and like they flat out looked at me and said like oh yeah there's no reason for like distributors to fight this but they're fighting it because you give an inch you give a mile right like yeah what what's next if we give way on this like no we're gonna hold strong and hope that nothing moves nothing changes and dude minnesota it's some bullshit like you can look at liquor laws changing you can look at legalized weed you can look at legalized sports betting Mm -hmm. if any of those happen within the next five years i'll be shocked because of how slow things move in minnesota and how stupid they are and wanting people to go to wisconsin and go to iowa to spend their money and give tax revenue to like it's yeah ridiculous and if you're into all the different weird beer laws and stuff other episodes you should check out definitely check out uh episode three on missoula some of the places where a lot of the breweries close by eight o'clock because of different tavern law type things and also um maybe the most obvious one episode 12 was salt lake city and things have definitely improved in that manner in recent years because it's no longer the four percent cap i believe it's five percent now on on the beers but they still have a lot of interesting laws and uh yeah it just shows and that's one reason that i bring that stuff up because it does influence the craft brewing scene in these places and that's part of what makes them unique yeah, well, sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a bad way. Oh right? yeah, I said I did. I just said unique. Yeah, I did not. I know, clarify. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, <clears throat> what? Yeah, we we don't have to go any further into that, but it's <laughs> it's crazy. But man, it's it's been fun seeing where this has gone so far. Again, seventeen episodes yeah. in, which like I didn't even like come to seventeen right away. I'm like, what is it? 10, 12? Holy shit, seventeen! Dang. Um what's on the horizon here? Like, what do you have lined up for 2022? So I give some hints on some city. You know, I, I, I think I briefly mentioned uh, Portland, Oregon being one of the, 
cities that will be discussed. I've also reached out. I'm, I'm hoping uh, Charlotte, Asheville, both going to get uh, some love, I believe, maybe New York City, um, St. Louis. Like you mentioned, Duluth, hopefully going to get back and doing some more uh, there. Oh, I'm sure we're going to do uh, some more in Ohio as well. I've got more folks there. Uh, yeah, uh, Dallas is one. Uh, All right, here's, Al- here's, here's two requests. Two requests. So, yeah, yeah. Give, give me St. Louis and give me Buffalo. Okay, I can figure something out with that. No, St. Louis, I've had – St. Louis is when I've had my back pocket. I've, I, I know somebody yeah. somewhere. St. Louis will be coming up down the road here. That's another Midwest city that's got some phenomenal beer. You, you got to get them love. in quick, though, because they're going to be a repeat. You're going to have, like, four different people you're going to interview with completely different perspectives on the St. Louis <laughs> brewing scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, Shout that, out, Brian. That, yeah, that's – yeah, Brian. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, you already know one of the guests, people that fall. Yeah, you, you that's not a big surprise. But, yeah, and then I, I mentioned earlier in terms of other co- types of content, I've got my annual review coming up. Uh, this will be published on Thursday. So if you're listening to it on today, uh, this this upcoming weekend, I'm releasing in two parts for the first time my annual review, which is now this is my fourth annual review. And the way it works is that I now have 20 categories. It's grown a little bit, which is why it's broken two kind of faucets. And within each category, there are five nominees and then one winner, kind of like a quote unquote award show where the winners get absolutely nothing. Besides, I guess, a shout out on social media. That's not um, nothing, man. That's not nothing. No, that's true. Let, it's fair let's, enough. Let's but, run it down. Give me give yeah. me the categories. And for the Soda Pod listeners who are also going to listen to this, I will give you my Minnesota pick for each of these categories. Yeah, yeah. So, well, so it's broken up. Part one focuses on the experience. So yeah. on, on like, you know, the taproom atmosphere, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So the, the categories are the best taproom interior. Okay. <laughs> The best taproom location slash view. Ooh. The best okay. flight board. The best logo. Now, now, flight board, are you talking like display purposes? Like yes. aesthetically best? Okay. Like what's the coolest flight board kind of thing? Oh, okay. Like yeah. the, I, can, I can give hints for this. I won't say who the winner is, but the shapes. I have ones that are shaped like, shaped like the state of Iowa. Um, one that's shaped well, like a bowling cool ones hat. Sure. One that's a skateboard. One that's shaped like a key. One that's made out of an old ammunition box. So things okay. that are unique kind of because not just your run-of-the-mill wooden paddle kind of thing. Okay. Uh, best tap handles, which I can say that there's a nominee from Minnesota in that category. Ho, ho, ho. Um, most interesting brewery. So like kind of most unique, like y- y- it'll be explained. The way I okay. say is, is that whether it's the beer they make, the tap room, the business model, the history, the vibes, just these breweries stick out for one reason or another. Uh, this is always kind of a, a fun one. Uh, the, the most unique or weirdest beer name. Oh, I got and, a lot of those. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There, yeah, there always is. And then in the, this one is capped off best beer city large and best beer city small. And I bra- I've always broken those down into two categories because I don't think it's fair to match up, you know, these mega sure. metro areas with smaller cities. So that's why you get a winner for, for, for both of those. Um, and then part two obviously focuses on the beer. Okay. So you have best lighter, light beer, lighter beer style, best IPA, best sour, best dark beer, best beer, all other Now, now is this an individual beer or is this like individual beer brewery yes, with individual. best IPA? Oh, yep. Individual covered. beer. So it is one beer. Um, so. Okay. 
All right, yeah, start start from the top. Start from the top. I'm going to do my and best the, off the top the, of my head to answer all of these. So go. Okay. Rapid fire. So best best light best lighter beer. So you're talking blonde. Well, no, you got you know, Pilsner, we got to start we got to start with the brewery, right? The first the first category. Oh, you're going all the way back. Okay. Oh, we're going okay. we're going all the okay. way. Give it to me. Okay. So best tap room interior. Best tap room interior. I'm going to go with a dark horse here. Um and let me just pull it up here. I'm making sure that I don't get these wrong because I'm going off the top of my head. Why can't I think of it? It's up in. Oh, no, I can't find it. And I'm spacing on the name. So it's a kind of newer brewery. I don't know why I can't even find it here on this map. Um, it's tell in just, just tell Isha to cut it out at the end. Yeah, you should cut it out at the end. Um, why can't I think of the Fridley one? Oh, my goodness. Oh, uh, Forgotten Star Brewery. Mm, um, that's what really I have not cool, been there yet. Big open tap room space. You walk in, you get the old school vibe. Like it's got the exposed brick. It's got the open uh-huh. ceiling and everything. Massive space and outdoors. I got a big like fire pit patio. You've got the outdoor area where there's either like picnic tables in the summer or they have ice rinks for curling mm, in mm-hmm. the winter. Like the whole vibe. Love it. People should check them out, even though they're a little off the beaten path. And then best tap room location slash view. I, I would have an answer for this one. Location slash view. I've got an interesting one here, but. Okay. Well, I want to make sure I give credence here. But for me, I think off the top of my head, we're going to go Portage Brewing. Okay. Up in. That's not what uh, I've been to. They're, they're right off Leech Lake. It's actually like. 10, 15 okay. minutes from my folks' new cabin. So we'll we'll get you up there at some point, Joel. But yeah, um, it's actually a really like it's a beautiful tap room too, because they actually had an unfortunate fire a couple of years back and uh-huh. had to completely rebuild it. Really nice facility, but you can literally like oversee like a kind of smaller town feel, like antique shop type vibe. And then you can see Leech Lake from the tap room as well. So yeah. Um there's probably a better answer out there, but that's the one that I I was thinking I was thinking Canal Park up in Duluth. That's yeah, that's fair. I, that, Canal that was Park the one that or, came to my mind. Or even uh Castle uh, Danger's I got a little view not, there too. I was gonna say it's not technically from the the tap room, but again I'm gonna space on names here because I'm on the spot. But what's the uh like super old like in an inn Fitgers um, Fitgers, yes. Yes. Not mm-hmm. from the tap room itself, but from the same building structure. Like, yeah. Really cool view. Really cool view. So do you um, can, do you, so you don't always do flights, but can you think of any flight boards? Oh, I often do flights. I often oh, do yes. flights. Okay. I love flights. So uh, for me, this one's a little – I mean, I've got two, but for one, I'll give them honorable mention later because they're going to be my unique one for sure. Um, for me though, I'm going to give a shout out to good friends of the soda pod Beaver Island brewing up Mm. in St. Cloud. They have these custom, they have these custom made wooden ones that almost looks like you've got two paddle oars, like kind of bowing out from each other, like a bow tie. Yeah. Cool handle in the middle. That's just like natural from the wood. And then it's like a staggered zigzag where you get like six tulip glasses in there. Awesome. Really, really cool flight. There's a ton that I could mention here, but they're the one that I'll give the the win. Good, good. Well, and then uh, best logo. 
Ooh, best logo. We we're going with a tie, and I promise this isn't bias seeping through. But this is uh, two good friends of the Soda Pod. I love Back Channel's logo and vibe, mm-hmm. and I love Lupulin. Shout out Justin. They crush not only their logo, just the simple hop comb there, but all of their branding, all of their cans. Yeah. Marcus, you knock that shit out of the park. They, yes, they do really well. <laughs> so. Tap Handles is the one that there is currently, because I did not get to very many Minnesota craft beers in this last year, so that's why they're not overly represented. But there yeah. is one nominee. I'll see if what it is, and I, I will maybe even disclose that as kind of a fun little preview, but best tap handle. So that one's really tough, because honestly, most tap handles are pretty good. Um, I do, I mean, kind of going off the last one like lupulin usually has really good tap handles because they're literally covered top to bottom in their their can label branding trying mm-hmm. to think though who else there is that stands out because there's do you there's want do you want to know what 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 mine is i'm curious yeah falling knife oh man that dude as far as breweries that like came out of the woodwork and just hit the ground running immediately falling knife does not miss they have really good IPAs, yeah. really good dark beers. They, I like Falling Knife a lot. Yeah, no, I do too. Yeah, and they, they've, like I said, you'll be able to uh, see if see if they win when that gets released on Saturday. Uh, but the oh most interesting or unique brewery, dude, most interesting slash unique, which honestly could have won the the best flight board. Um, but I again. Only want to pick one for that, right? Have you heard of Under Pressure? I have heard of it. I've not been there. Okay. And this is one where, like, it's not my favorite beer, but, like, you'll find something there you like, right? Mm -hmm. You walk in and you're in the middle of Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, whatever. Like, you're in a medieval wonderland where it's, like, you just feel immersed in that kind of culture. And their flight board is legit a sword. That just has slits That's in the cool. sword where the beers sit. Like I, I don't know how you beat that, but I, I was gonna give them the nod here for this, so I figured I'd, I'd keep it over here. But it, it's, you will not get a more different tap room vibe, ever. But it's very interesting that one, and I haven't personally been to it, but Hammerheart should be noted too. It's basically like a biker bar that's a brewery. Oh, um, interesting. Uh, yeah, I, again, I haven't been there. It's on the list, but. Dude, under pressure, and I have to say too. <laughs> so my brother, he uh, he he gets into all the brewery stuff too, just as much as I do. Mm-hmm. But he lives a little bit closer to under pressure, which is out uh, kind of Golden Valley area for anyone that might be listening in the Twin Cities. And he recruits me and two of my buddies. Doesn't tell any of us that we're all going. Just like has us all under the impression that we're the only ones going. He set up the A team for a Will Ferrell trivia night because the winner got a hundred dollar gift card, and mm. the, the bastard kept the gift card to himself when we dominated. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of? What I don't know how that kind of distribution works out. You know what? I was okay with it. I had fun. It was really yeah. good to dominate a Will Ferrell trivia. That that that's more of an ego thing for me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then so you, you mentioned that there's just too many. I mean, but just throw out a, a unique or weird beer name man so i'm gonna give a shout out to two soda pod friends this was I'm, this I'm, was a hard one for me this, to is, do this too. is so i mean if i sat down and like gave it a lot of thought i could come up yeah. with a list of names 
but the two breweries that legit put out the best names are back channel and barrel theory Mm -hmm. um back channel they theme all of their beer names off of famous minnesotans so like my Mm. personal favorite from them that they have some way funnier ones but my personal favorite that tickles me for sean william scott is nectar come on i think that's pretty good um and then barrel theory is actually more like pop culture hits right Uh so my favorite from them and like again I could probably look over the list 10 more times and be like, Oh no, this is my favorite. But, uh, they have one called shooter McGavin. That's also a really good beer. And like, come on, how do you not pick shooter McGavin? So, yeah, no, that, 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 that's great. And the, the last two for the experience part were were the best beer cities, um, which in Minnesota, I think, you know, Minnesota can probably, I mean, because there's really just, you can really for big, you're really just saying whether you prefer Minneapolis or St. Paul. And then, Small, I guess you could you would either be saying most likely you would say Duluth, maybe Rochester, um, depending where you're from. Yeah. Um, and for big, I, I will I think Minneapolis and St. Paul both have their gems. Um, I'm gonna say St. Paul though for the really big. yes, because I think the bees are unbeatable. You have barrel theory, you have mm-hmm. black stack, you have bad weather, all three kill it great mm-hmm. great beer and very i mean they all have their own shtick to them right i, I would actually say barrel yeah. theory and black stack are very similar bad weather totally different ball game and i love them and doesn't hurt that they're walking distance from xl energy center um yeah, that, that helps but smaller so i i'd either give i mean duluth feels like cheating because like they just are an oasis of beer. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, for me, I'd almost go more like suburb, right? And instead okay. of like yeah, a city, yeah, yeah. I would I would say west suburbs of uh the Twin Cities are fairly underrated. Like mm-hmm. that's where you get your back channel, obviously. There's a nice new brewery out in Plymouth called Loose Line. There's Waconia Brewing. There's there's a mm-hmm. lot of good breweries out that way, but they're a little bit more scattered because of the lakes and because of like where the different city hubs are. There's a lot of people that love Omni brewing out in Maple Grove. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to even just cheat and stretch it like another 20, 25 minutes further and say Lupulin's part of that group. Like that's just a nice little pocket, but yeah, I mean, if it's like straight city, how would you not pick Duluth? (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I a hundred percent agree with that. And now moving on to that, this is going to be more because this is the specific beers. So Best light beer style. So that, that's what I was, you know, saying, whether it's a, like a blonde or, okay. or a lager or a pilsner of some kind. Yeah, I'll give, well, okay, I'll give two, but it's probably not what you're looking for because there's additives. These are both lagers that have flavors added. I'm going to okay. give a tip of the hat to Modest's first call. It is a coffee lager. And mm, the first time mm-hmm. I ordered it, I literally ordered it and just knew that it said coffee. And they handed it to me and it was golden. And I'm like, yeah, I ordered the coffee beer. They're like, yeah, I know. Walk away. I'm like, okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> and then the, the second one, I actually just drank earlier in recording a, a high school hockey focused episode of the soda pod. Mm. Um, junkyard. It's called money, honey. And it's literally a peanut butter, banana, honey lager. And oh, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That sounds pretty complex. 
it's very complex. And actually, the first time I had it, I liked it a little bit better. This time around, it was a little sweeter, but still mm-hmm. good. Still good. Yeah. Well, so then the next one is is obviously a competitive category. Best IPA. Yeah, that's – I don't know if I can pick just one. Um, the one that I just had yesterday because good friends back channel hooked me up. Um, they have a beer that they've now released for the second time called Fuck That Guy. And it's their only growler release. Um, I can actually get the one from before. So, Joel, here you can see. Um, oh, yeah, right there. Old Metallic. Spell fuck it that out. guy. Yep. And uh, the original one is for uh, Prohibition. But this time around, since we got the Winter Classic right around the corner for the Minnesota Wild, this one is dedicated to Norm Green, who relocated the North Stars to the city of the state of Texas, which makes no sense. But um, that one was really good, man. I, yeah, to pick one IPA, I, I will give another nod though to Falling Knife. I would have to look at my untapped notes to tell you which one, but their IPAs crush it. And they're just someone that came onto the scene so fast and so strong with good IPAs and good stouts. Yeah. Their IPAs deserve a tip of the hat. Yeah, their uh, was it their their? I think it was a ch- chocolate velvet milk stout. Uh-huh. Oh, I, uh, uh, I, red red velvet or whatever. No, it's just, it was just called chocolate velvet milk stout. Okay, that was one that is actually I think one of my favorite dark beers. I think, but wow, um, okay. But anyway, so best sour. So I'm not a big sour guy, uh, yeah. admittedly, but. Uh, I had one, I don't remember what it's called, but at my 100th, uh, brewery stop, I broke my wife's heart because they did not have one in their to go case, Mm. but it was like a strawberry cheesecake sour at junkyard and holy Mm. shit, man, was that good? That was real good. So I'll I'll go with that one, (laughs) whatever it's called. (laughs) Well, and, and then the next one up is one that maybe might be the most competitive for you and that's best dark beer. So this is your stouts, your porters. All that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, so there's three breweries we're going to kind of siphon it down to. Uh, you got Dangerous Man Peanut Butter Porter, which wins, but I'm going to try and pretend that there's competition here. Um, so there's been a couple really good ones from Back Channel that deserve note. One's called Nannerhammer, and the other one I'm mm. spacing on for some reason, but uh, another peanut butter Imperial that was really, really good. And then the last one, uh, Lupulin deserves such a shout out, like all of their stouts incredible. And they're all so, so different. And they actually had me out. It was a funny thing, man. So they, uh, Justin, the guy that I'm close with at Lupulin, he just like hits me up last minute. And he's like, Hey, you should come out. We're uh, doing a like barrel tasting event. I'm like, sure, let's do it. I show up and it's like all these like Instagram influencers who have like big number followers. Like they got their fancy ass cameras out and they're taking a bunch of pictures of everything, like rearranging and stuff. I'm like, I'm so out of place here. Like, does anyone know what hockey <laughs> is? Like, what, what can we do? And, but I mean, great experience. And they literally were like taking stuff out of their barrels. That's not like bottled or like ready to distribute yet. And uh, I just, I don't have a specific one to name for them. It's just yeah. literally everything hits everything hits and it was incredible well and so and then because typically when 
I go out and get a flight. I get something light, something hoppy, something dark, and then kind of a wild card, which is often sour. Mm-hmm. But then I don't feel like I do enough of other like specific styles to like go any deeper than that. So I just kind of group them all into best beer, all other styles, which you know can be Belgians, mild, saisons, box, scotch ale, kind of anything that doesn't fit very well into the first four categories. Interesting. Cause so I'll, I'll say you said before that like barrel aged is what you don't really lean towards. Yeah. Uh, for me, that's definitely Belgians. Like mm, Belgian mm-hmm. just doesn't work for me for some reason. I've, I've had some that are okay. Right. But by and large, if it's a Belgian, I'm not ordering it. Yeah. So a different, different type of style. I've had some okay scotch ales, but those are super hit or miss. Like you're either going to yeah. love it or you're going to hate it. Um, man, for me, that one, I would probably have to get back to you on to give you a real answer. I'm trying to think of something that's obscure and I feel like a lot of what I drink is obscure. So it's probably not that obscure to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other one. Well, so the next was, was most surprising beer. So I say, I always say sometimes it's a beer that I did not expect much from and walked away impressed. Like for me, I've got like a basic pale ales in there. There's a Schwarz beer and yeah. a Hefeweizen that maybe wasn't from a brewery that I expected much from. Um, there's one that's, it's a stout with mint in, cause I'm not usually a fan of mint and I enjoyed it. Um, sure. so anything along those lines, may you know, a beer that, cause the next category though, is also most surprising brewery, which sure. it's a brewery that exceeded my expectations significantly. Yeah. So for me, this is kind of like cheating. Cause it's not something I like hate or dislike. Cause there's a time and place for it, but I, I usually don't like the more basic, like clean, like lager, Pilsner, mm-hmm. whatever. And so there's two that I had because like totally on brand and breweries that we're good friends with. So out here in Minnesota, we like our hockey, right? And yep. there's two breweries that we're tight with in college towns being Beaver Island, which Joel, you have to go there. And yep. uh, Mankato Brewery. Um, and both of them made different uh, hockey spinoffs on basically the same type of joke, right? Um, so I actually have the glass here for Beaver Island, but you won't be able to see that well because there's nothing in it, but it's Czech pills, but it's spelled C H E C K yep. like hockey. And it's their Czech Pilsner at Beaver Island. Really basic, crisp, clean, but I loved it. And I, I wasn't expecting to like it that much. Cause I was more like, well, I gotta have this because it's hockey and I'm doing it to appease yeah. you. And then same thing for, uh, so Mankato Brewery made a Hockey Day Minnesota beer because Mankato is hosting the outdoor college hockey game for Hockey Day Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got the can here just for you, Joel. But you can see there oh, the nice. Hockey Day yeah. Mankato, and then it's all ice all the way around. And then okay, Mankato, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, like pretty cool design and everything, but it's called Cross Check Pills. But this time they spell check C Z E C H. So like, yeah, so. both of them make the same play on words, but like again. Super basic, crisp, clean lager and Pilsner. And they're just like, I don't know. Something about them surprised me because I went in having it out of obligation. And no matter what, I was going to tell them I liked it, but I actually really liked it. So like, it was kind of a nice surprise. When would you say, is there a brew that's most surprised you in terms of exceeding your expectations? 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it to two of them. And one I've mentioned a couple times, uh, falling knife, just again, mm-hmm. being how new they were, that surprised me, um, very pleasantly. And I mean, obviously at this point I've grown to expect it, but yeah, yeah. The first time I went there, like pretty close after they opened, like blown away at how good their stuff was. Cause yeah. usually I'll go to a new brewery and be like, that's eh, fine. But, uh, next go around. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be better. <laughs> so and then, the next Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean no. to cut you off there. Well, no. And then the other one was uh, I went with a buddy month ago. Uh, we went up and hit a couple breweries in Alexandria, but then we finished mm. in Wadena. Drastic measures. Okay. Like I had heard good things, but like you don't know how much of it's just hype because someone really likes it. Whatever. Holy crap! I I mean, we got a little buckled that night. I'm pretty sure I had three flights <laughs> because we were there for like four hours. And I'll get the job done. Oh my goodness. They knocked it out of the park. They hit on. So if I had, we'll say at least 12 beers that I tried, I loved 10 of them. Yeah. They were that good. So that's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. That, that was a pleasant surprise. So then the third to last category is most interesting beer. So like strange ingredients on combinations and to kind of get your, your brain's thinking on this. I will give you, I won't give the name of the beer or the brewery, okay. but I'll just give the five nominees what the beer is. Oh. It's a, so Cajun Goza with lemon, shrimp, and boil seasoning. Yes, actual shrimp. They had to have a note like in everything to make sure people knew there was shellfish included. Um, a cucumber basil wheat ale that literally tasted like pasta sauce. A pumpkin spice cheesecake sour, a blueberry pastry lager made with pancake batter, cake batter, cinnamon, vanilla, blueberries, and maple syrup, and then a hot sauce, barrel-aged chili, and cinnamon roll pastry sour. So those are the five nominees for most interesting beer, and I could have easily picked 10 other beers to go in there because there are some I was going to say, you've got the edge on me here for sure because you've had some... A lot of interesting beers Um, for me. And this is pretty much sticking to Minnesota. uh, I've got a couple and they aren't nearly as exotic as yours, but I did have one that was like a mint basil, something Saison. Mm -hmm. And that was from Portage Brewery. Oh, mint and Saison. I did. Yeah, I didn't, but it was like mint basil and something. I can't remember what Uh all it was. Like there were some other spices. I went in with like the lowest of expectations. I smelled it. I'm like, this smells like poison. (laughs) <laughs> I took a sip. I'm like, oh, my God, this is actually really good. So that's one. The other one I'll say that's like, again, it's not crazy by any means, but one that I mention to people all the time that I kind of get weird looks. You give me a jalapeno cream ale. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've had plenty. Oh, yeah. There's uh-huh. some good ones in Minnesota, too. There I've are. had them from a couple places. The one I'll shout out for sure is, uh, oh, man. Pine, pine. Nah, I feel dumb. <laughs> um, I'm going to find it. While you're looking, I will say the other thing with the hot sauce, barrel-aged chili and cinnamon roll pastry sour is, you know, you know, like they put like salt on the rim of a margarita. This one on the little. So it was a, a whole treat of a beer, basically. Dang. Uh, Jack Pine Brewery, by the way. Ah, I don't know why okay. I couldn't come up with that, but I knew Pine. 
So the final two categories are kind of save for like they're kind of the big one, the big boys. Uh-oh. And that is best brewery large and best brewery small. So what's so large? Again, huh? What's large? So large is like I can give some nominees for that. Large is like Dogfish Head, Jester King, Prairie Artisanal Ales, Trogues. These very large breweries that, at a minimum, are distributing regionally, producing a lot of beer. You know, there's not as many of them. I would say the most competitive category is best brewery small. Because that's where most breweries fall into. All right. Yeah, yeah. No, I got this. Yeah. Yeah. So best brewery small. I mean, that goes to like, I'm even going to venture out of Minnesota because then I can remove all the biases, right? Best small. And these guys are incredible. Everyone should check them out. And actually, that's the one episode I'll promote. Go back and listen to our interview with Mark from Drecker Brewing. Mm. That is my best brewery small. They are, they're so Mm. whacked out of their minds and they're all about it. And they fit with us so well because we're whacked out of our minds too. They, uh, they, it's just a, a clown show every day and they live it to the fullest. Incredible beers, incredible branding really cool tap room like it it all hits it i really need to get back there because i visited them literally just a couple months before they moved to that new tap room i went when they were still in their old location downtown wait wait even longer because next fall they're gonna have like a whole like entertainment experience built oh wow like they're adding more like it's gonna be insane so yeah well we'll get into that more but definitely pause that trip until like yeah next fall fall or the following spring and maybe we'll have to figure out a time to go out there together because they're basically they're gonna have like a hotel attached <laughs> wow they're yeah, really nuts. going all in it's nuts. that's crazy yeah, they're, they're going all in every room is going to be like an ode to like a different a beer sour. And, like a story like it's <laughs> crazy man um for me though if i'm gonna go with big brewery and again like i don't really gravitate to the larger breweries very often yeah. uh, especially in minnesota like i yeah. don't get me wrong Appreciate everything Surly did for paving the way. Their beer doesn't really get it done for me. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's fine. Um, For me, I'm going to go with one that was really cool. Labatt. Mm. So me and my buddy Joey, kind of the origin story to the whole state of hoppy thing. We took a road trip from Minnesota to Buffalo, New York. Drove Ah, it overnight. I I think Mm -hmm. I drove 14 hours straight through (laughs) and was pretty messed up the next day because of it, because there was just no sleep had. And the brewery scene out in Buffalo is really cool. They got really good wings and pizza, which is like our main food groups. So we were good. Um, But like our whole thing is like, he was living out in Wyoming at the time, but he came back and I picked him up and made the drive. And it's like, well, all I do is text you about different beer stuff and different hockey stuff. I need an outlet to do that. <laughs> and yeah. somehow I came up with the like name and the idea and stuff. And like, I don't know, this is kind of dumb. And while I'm driving, he's like making all the accounts and making all the logins. And then he just sent them all to me. He's like, have fun. And so he's <laughs> actually the one that runs like 90% of the time, the Instagram account. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't know for the longest time. Yeah, you're like, oh, what are you trying to do? Like one up me on the the brewery travels thing. Like, you were always Dude, posting I, your business up to Wyoming. Anywhere. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was just completely oblivious to that for a long time. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, but so we went out there and we went to a ton of breweries and like again, all Buffalo, really good. But we went to the Labatt Tap Room and it was really cool. Like we went in and there's this like on the side, there's this small little experimental tap room. So it's like beers that they're making. 
and they want to get public feedback because uh, did you ever have the Citra Labatt? Mm-mm, no. So it was this like four or five percenter that was literally like a light IPA, but they sold mm-hmm. like a 15 pack for nine bucks at Total Wine. Wow. And it was actually like pretty solid. And that that was the first beer to come from there. So we go over there and we have a couple flights because it's like pretty close to the hockey rink. And we're just kind of doing a loop until the game starts. Because that's why we went out there. It was I'm a Pittsburgh Penguins guy and he's a Buffalo Sabres guy. So like, let's have fun. And we're sitting in the tap room and the execs like come down in their suits and like sit down at the end of the experimental bar with us. And they're just like shooting the shit. And they see us in our hockey jerseys like, hey, you guys going to the game? We're like, yeah, we are They're like, oh. Do you have tickets? We're like, yeah, we do. They're like, do you want better tickets? We're like, <laughs> oh, what do you mean? And they had club like sweet tickets for us that had food, beer, everything stocked by Labatt. And like Joey's ecstatic, but he's like, oh yeah, there's going to be like all Buffalo fans. Screw you, Scott. And then uh, we get there and it's all Pittsburgh guys. Cause it was like for one of their <laughs> accounts out of Pittsburgh. So, oh, <laughs> That was something else. But then like we befriended the the bartender and the uh-huh. tap room manager and like sold them our tickets for really cheap. And then they piled around with us all day and just oh, probably the best like mini trip I've ever been on. Yeah, I need to get to Buffalo is one city I've driven through on our way to Niagara Falls, but I would like to stop there. And I, I know the brewery scene oh. has continued to grow and flourish there, like like in many other places. So that well, that what's be... what, what's crazy, man, is it's very like Minnesota influenced, like every brewery that we stopped at. We'd see people that had like canteens or something and they were like covered in Minnesota brewery stickers. Like, oh yeah, I moved out here from Minnesota. I'm like, why? Why is this happening everywhere? I don't know. Is it cheaper to live there? It might be cheaper than than to live in than in the Twin Cities if you're moving from Minneapolis. So I guess I don't I don't know what real estate prices are right now in Buffalo. So people from Buffalo, if you end up listening to this and you're like, no, our prices are way higher, I I have no idea. But yeah, no one will listen to you anyways. Yeah, exactly. Pipe down Buffalo. (laughs) But yeah, well, this is this has been awesome, man. And this has been awesome. Did I freeze there? There we go. Ishi might have to cut that part out. Kind of <laughs> yeah, Ishi's gonna have to mess around with that a little bit. Uh, that's okay. This, we made it through most this, of it. Yeah, that's all good. But this this has been fun getting to just chat and kind of shoot the bowl and talk about you know. Give, give people a little more information too on on kind of the broader Minnesota beer scene by going through the run run through with the with the categories and like you said I I think we'll have to do a a Duluth and or also St Paul episode down down the road here so yeah you you should that, do Duluth St Paul and other <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah. Oh. Well, so Joel, uh, for for the Soda Pod listeners, when we post this on our feed, tell them where can they find you, like podcast, social media, website, yeah. and of course, obviously, the new article you have coming up. Yeah, well, so my website, thebrewerytravels.com, uh, is where the article will be, and I'll be sharing it all over my social media platforms as well. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Brewery Travels, Instagram at Brewery underscore Travels. There's also a Facebook page for the podcast. Uh, the website also has links for the podcast as well as uh, links for a merchandise store where you can buy all sorts of cool Brewery Travels merchandise. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, the podcast can be found anywhere that you listen to your podcast, just called The Brewery Travels Podcast. Uh, and I'm always sharing it. It comes out weekly. 
So if you end up, if you, if you're having trouble, just go find my, uh, on, on Twitter, Instagram, there's going to be links on Instagram. It's right on my homepage. I believe it might be the same thing on Twitter as well. Uh, but yeah. And so w- what about you? Can you make sure the folks that I'm sure most, uh, quite a few listeners, I'm sure of mine are already also with the soda pod, but for some of the brewery travel specific listeners, give a shout out for where they can find the soda pod. Uh, if they, if they care to check that out. Yeah, definitely. So the soda pod at the soda pod on Twitter, that's where we do most of our, our fun stuff, but on Facebook, on YouTube, like Joel, anywhere you can find podcasts, it's the soda pod. Um, we're, we're pretty heavy in Minnesota beer and hockey, right? But uh, mm-hmm. you would never know that the three main admins for the account are uh, Pittsburgh fan, Boston fan, and Vancouver fans for hockey. But we all just have a shared interest in Minnesota and we crush all of our different beer scenes there. But we also bring in people from outside like Toppling Goliath, like Drecker. Um, we're, you know, pretty open to really anyone that's willing to talk to us for an extended period of time. Uh, usually the beer helps, right? That, yeah. That, and people through <laughs> it. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you're just looking for people that shoot the shit, say nonsense, have a good time, you probably laugh a couple times. You also probably raise an eyebrow a couple times, but uh, definitely check us out. At least follow us on social and you can follow me personally at State of Hoppy. Yeah. And I, I know uh, we didn't really get to it now, but I know uh, on, on the Soda Pod, we, we've chatted some about. My, my love for the Packers, your love for the Vikings, how that has kind of bonded over our friendship. But, uh, you know, you know I'll, Joel, I'll, maybe I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. I'll have to jump back on sometime soon to, 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 to talk once the season's over. Well, you know what? Don't get me wrong. I, I don't actually mean this because I never want the Packers to win. But if there's ever been a time where I've been like semi-okay with the Packers beating the Vikings – it's coming up here because you want Zimmer if, out. <laughs> I want Zimmer out. I want him gone. And if he manages to win that game, they might get confused for a second. And be like, let's give him one more year. No, no, yeah. don't under any circumstances, give him one more year. He is the reason the Vikings are doing as bad as they are. They actually have decent talent, like on paper, yeah. but he is, he's just, he stayed a little too long. At, it's kind of, it's hey, kind of the early same on. He was great. Is- Packer fans rooting for the Bears to maybe win a couple games down the home stretch here to maybe try to save Nagy's job. Although I don't think Nagy's getting his job <laughs> saved down in Chicago either way. But we can I don't hope. Know, and Chicago pray. does dumb shit. So, you never yeah, know. Yeah, they do. So we can hope <laughs> and pray. But yeah, no, we will. We will definitely have to arrange a time to uh, come back on and, and chat some more. Uh, but otherwise, again, thank you. This has been a blast. We will make sure if you're not already listening, whether no matter which stream you're coming from, Soda Pod, Bree Travels, check out the other. And remember, whether it's where you're living or where you're visiting, be sure to drink local everywhere. Cheers, everyone. I've been